This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it is presented by Sense, Arrow Fastener, Quickcrete, and Home Advisor. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now because we are here to help you with your home improvement and decor projects. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Whether you're starting a project in the middle of a project or just don't know how to get to the end of the project, we're here to help. 888-MONEYPIT. Coming up on today's show, as sad as it may be, it's almost time to put away outdoor furniture for the season. To help make sure it survives the off-season mold-free, we're going to have some tips on how to best clean and store that furniture so it's ready for a fresh start come spring. And if you just can't get the lush green lawn of your dreams, here's some good news. Grass is not the only option for going green. We're going to have some tips for choosing and planting the best alternative ground cover for your outdoor space. And have you ever opened an electric bill and been completely shocked? I mean, you're thinking, how can this possibly be, and where's all that juice going? We're going to share some tips on a new product that can help you figure out a lot about how you're using your electricity and how to use a lot less of it. But first, this show is about helping you with your own home decor and improvement questions. So call in your home improvement question right now, and you'll get the answer. Plus, today, you'll also get a chance at winning tools to help you get the job done. We're featuring the Jorgensen Easy Hold Expandable Bar Clamp Package worth 80 bucks. Those can come in super handy for lots of home improvement projects. So call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Helen in Indiana is on the line with a driveway ceiling question. How can we help you today? I have a asphalt driveway that when I purchased the home had some cracks in it, but it's gotten worse. And I now have a pothole. <laughs> <laughs> It's officially grown to be in a pothole, huh? Yeah, that's what happens in the Midwest. (laughs) All right. I've had some estimates, and they're way out of my budget. So what can I do to prolong the life and make it look a lot better? So there's lots of stuff that you can do yourself. First of all, you do need to patch that hole. And at your local home center, you can find blacktop patch. It comes in a bucket, either a small like one-gallon bucket or something even as big as a five-gallon bucket, where it has uh, some stone in it and it has the blacktop material, and it's usually latex-based these days too, which is good news, and you simply clean out the hole that you're trying to fill, you trowel in the new stuff, you tamp it down, and you can do that with a board or something like that, or if you don't happen to have a tamping iron. And then once you have the holes filled, then you want to work on the cracks. 
And as far as the cracks are concerned, uh, the driveway sealers and crack fillers, there are some that come in actually caulking-like tubes that you can use to sort of roll into those cracks. So you seal those all up. And then the last thing you do is to apply the asphalt sealer. And that comes in five-gallon buckets. And you buy uh, an application tool for it. It's kind of like a big squeegee. You start at one end, and you squeegee it on, work down towards the other, and you're done. So it's totally a do-it-yourself project. The best time to do this is when the weather gets to be around 50 degrees or so on average. You don't want to do it when it's really hot out because it's a difficult job. Yeah, like now. It doesn't dry that well. So you wait for slightly cooler weather, and you can totally reseal that yourself. And then once you get all the cracks filled and the sealer on, then next year maybe you just do another coat of sealer, and it'll be really easy. So it's a three-step process. Pretty much patch the holes, patch the cracks, apply the sealer. That's it. I think that's something I can do. You can. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. All right, next up we've got Ward from Utica on the line. What's going on at your money pit? Well, I've got a roof I'm replacing. The current roof has two layers of shingles on it, and I want to uh, rip those shingles off and put on a metal roof. Okay. However, I, I got thinking about the underlayment, which I had spray foamed in the attic about three years ago, and I'm concerned that if I have to repair or pull up the underlayment, I'm going to ruin all my insulation. Okay. So you have you did a spray foam insulation treatment three years ago, and the yep. spray foam was sprayed to the underside of the roof sheathing. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. And at that time, did you happen to notice any deteriorated roof sheathing? Because you would see it from the inside of the attic before you'd see it from the outside of the attic. Did you notice anything that was black, moldy, delaminated, hanging down in shreds, anything like that? No, no, not really, and I didn't look closely myself, but the guys who did the job did not report anything like that. I'd think that the chances of you having delaminated sheathing at this at this stage is probably pretty small. I do understand your concern that if you pull the shingles off and you find out you have bad sheathing and you have to take it off, you would ruin the insulation that's now sprayed and is stuck to the underside of that. So if that was the case... I would tell you to resheathe that part of the roof, so whatever half or section or plateau of that roof it is, and you could use half-inch sheathing or maybe even three-eighths, depending on the condition. But I I suspect it's going to be fine. And also, once you sprayed that spray foam insulation at the underside of the attic, if they did it right, they would have blocked all your vents because it's no longer necessary to vent an attic that has been sealed with spray foam insulation because that attic now becomes a conditioned space, and therefore you get a lot less moisture up there. Oh, now that's interesting because I did not know that. Yeah, you're not supposed to have any openings in an attic that has been spray foamed because that whole area is now essentially part of the interior space of your house. Right, right. Uh, So if you had roof vents or you had ridge vents or gable vents, they should have been closed up and foamed over. I will double check that, but um, that actually makes the whole thing easier then. Yeah, I don't think you have anything to worry about with the sheathing. And it's a smart improvement to take off both layers and to put on metal roofing because you're in upstate New York. I'm sure you get a ton of snow, and it's really going to stand up much better. Make sure they put the snow guards, though, at the roof edge because you know that snow is very heavy when it falls off, uh, and you don't want it to hurt anybody down below. Absolutely. I'm planning on doing that. All right, Ward, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 188 Pit. Now we've got Kathy in Minnesota on the line who was doing a kitchen revamping project. Tell us what's going on. These cupboards are varnished, and uh, they had hinges on that were on the outside, so they're kind of like the barn look hinge. 
and also the handles, the ends that were anchored. When we take those off, the wood under there is much, much lighter. Right. Mm-hmm. So we stripped, um, stripped the door completely and sanded it to be ready to take on a new stain. And those areas do not absorb the stain. Yeah, they probably have some sort of a sealer or something that got under that. After you sanded it, did you use a sanding sealer on the whole surface? I did not. I, um, in my experience, I'd always um, put the stain on first and then use a... Well, it's not a sealer at that point. It's a finish. But one thing I'm thinking that could have helped, Leslie, and tell me what you think, is that if she used a sanding sealer, she may have uh, improved the, um, the absorption rate of all the wood so that it was maybe a little evener, a little more uniform so that it would have all soaked it in about the same level. Can you get any stain to take in those areas, if you, even if you take dark stain and like put it on with a small paintbrush, or will nothing stick to that? No. Well, all I can say is that something is applied there that's sealing the, the wood, and unless you can get it to absorb, it's going to be a problem. Those old hinges, they didn't look so bad after all, did they? <laughs> I kind of get that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you've already sanded it down... And you still can't get the the stain to absorb. There's probably nothing that you're going to do that's going to change that. Listen, the other thing that you could do is paint the doors. You know, I mean, there's a lot of painted cabinets today. They look pretty nice. Yes, yes. And we're, we're looking at other options, but wanted to be sure that we really had to go that route. As long as you sanded it thoroughly and you still can't get it to absorb, then I say that you've, you've, done, you've done all that you can do at this point, Kathy. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate your taking my call. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Give us a call with your how-to, decor, or remodeling questions right now to 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor, where it's easy to find top-rated local home improvement pros for any home project. Go to HomeAdvisor.com. Well, it's almost time to put away outdoor furniture for the season to help make sure it survives that off-season mold-free. We're going to have tips on how to best clean and store it so it's ready for a fresh start in the spring when the Money Pit continues. You live in a Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. 
check out HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor, where you can find top-rated home service pros and book appointments online all for free. And if you call us right now at 888-666-3974, we'll toss your name in the Money Pit hard hat because we've got a set of Jorgensen Easy Hold Expandable Bar Clamps to give away. These are super handy clamps. You'll be able to clamp things with one hand. Plus, they can be joined together to double the capacity for bigger projects. You'll get two of the Jorgensen Easy Hold 24-inch medium-duty expandable bar clamps for a total value of 80 bucks. A package is going out to one listener drawn at random. Make that you. Pick up the phone. Call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Jim in California needs help with a decking project. What can we do for you today? I've got two decks that uh, rebuilt approximately uh, three summers ago and uh, had never treated them. Did a real nice job, miter corners, rounded everything, uh, routed everything, and and of course, uh, not treating them, they have weathered, and uh, I need to clean them. Okay, and so your issue is you're seeing some wear and tear, but the big problem is discoloration. Yes, the oxidization. Mm-hmm. So everything looks a little gray and just weathered. Right. Now, with the discoloration, I mean, that's normal wear and tear of any type of wood surface. And if you were to just, say, put a sealer on there, yes, you're going to protect the wood from any further cracking or checking. And you may help it, you know, depending on the kind that you use, from further damage from, say, the sun. But if you want the color to be really what you restore, you're going to have to go with a stain that has a color in it. So depending on the condition of that decking, you know, you can go with a semi-transparent, which will deposit color on, but still allow you to see the condition of the wood through it, you know, through the stain itself. Um, Or you can go with a solid stain, which gives you a little bit of longer time between having to refinish it, gives you more protection because it is a further saturation of color and a heavier pigmentation of color. So it really depends on what kind of look you want and really the condition of the wood itself. Yes. My wife wants me to bring the color back. That color's long gone, my friend. <laughs> you, you, you can't bring it back once it grays out like that, but you can restore it if you stain it like Leslie suggested, and you can use semi-transparent or solid color, and it will look really good, and you'll still see the grain. So you're not going to lose the grain of the wood, but once it turns gray like that, you're not going to be able to restore it, I mean, unless you sand it, and that's really pretty much a waste of effort. All right, now we've got Michelle in Iowa on the line who's looking to spend some more time outdoors with a fire pit. How can we help with that project? Well, we started making an outside fire pit with um, field stone, and our mortar that we seem to be using, it just seems like it's awful dry, and it, it's like it's cracking. So didn't know if you had a, a different brand that you thought would work or any suggestions. Um, well, one tip is that if it's a really warm, dry day when you're working, you might want to consider putting some plastic over the areas that you're working on to slow the evaporation rate. Because if it dries really quickly, sometimes it can shrink and crack. And no certain brand of mortar you think would work best, just what the stores recommend for outside fireplaces? Well, I mean, Quickcrete 
works extremely well. So you could look to the QuickCrete brand. And one of the advantages of QuickCrete is they've also got lots and lots and lots of videos online that give you the step-by-step on how to properly mix the product, for example, in this case. Okay. Thank you. Well, as outdoor living season starts to come to a close, the time has come for your outdoor furniture to go into hibernation. But before you pack it up, it's a good idea to clean it up. Now, at our house, we like to start by running any cushions that are machine washable through the washing machine and, of course, letting them dry really well in the sun. And that's super important, especially if you want to avoid mold. At the least, you should be able to vacuum any cushions that can't be run through a washer. I like to use my big, wet-dry powerful shop vacuum for that because it just does a great job getting all that dirt and and debris and other types of uh, dust and mold spores that may have been dropping from the trees out of those cushions. And then I pack them up in heavy black plastic bags for storage in the attic. Worked well, by the way, for a lot of years, except that one year when a squirrel got into the garage attic. So now now we put them in the house attic. (laughs) So the squirrels will not have to munch on them. Well, they heard there was comfy seating in the attic. That's right. (laughs) Now, for your plastic furniture that gets stained and generally nasty looking, you can actually make a really great cleaning solution yourself. Just mix dish soap, borax, and a half a cup of peroxide in one gallon of water. Then use a nylon brush to scrub down furnishings. Make sure you rinse well. If you've got metal furniture, you can use soapy water and some elbow grease. You can also remove any rust and stains with sandpaper or a wire brush. Then go ahead and prime and repaint those spots to avoid avoid further rusting. And if you've got wood furniture, then wash it down with an oil soap, like a Murphy's oil soap. Let it dry really well. And it's also a good time to take note of any that might need total refinishing, which is best left for the spring. 888-666-3974. If you've got a cleaning or any other type of question about caring for your house, give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Ron in Florida is on the line with a leaky water heater. What's going on? Tell us how old it is. Well, uh, the breaker uh, had thrown a couple of times, and I turned it back on, um, and I left it, and it stayed when I turned it on, and then I'd gone in, took a nap, come back out. When I did, the, the entire um, garage was full of water. Uh, the, I guess the pressure relief valve that's up top was just, it was just spewing out water, Um Extremely, extremely hot, uh, hotter than we've ever experienced having having our work. But what I thought it was to just continue to continue to heat. Right. And um, so, at any rate, I turned the breaker off. I looked in the panel where the um, thermostats were and the elements, and they were just fried. They were burnt. They were burnt up. Um, I got a good scare because the the uh, insulation was blackened and uh, could have been worse than it was. I guess at catching fire, but. Um, I just wonder what would have, what would have made the hot water heater do that. Okay, well, let's see the pressure temperature relief valve, which is what that's called on the side of the water heater, is set to go off at about 150 pounds of pressure. And theoretically, the way it works is if the water heater doesn't shut off because there's something wrong with the control circuit, it will continue to heat and heat and heat and build up pressure to the point where to prevent the tank from rupturing, the pressure temperature valve will open up. Now, I will say this, very often those valves fail 
and they will open up way before they're designed to open up. And if that's the case, you just replace the valve. But it sounds to me like this thing got so wet that the water got on the elements, and that's what caused the short, which caused the breaker to trip. Yeah, but is this associated with an age of a water heater, or is this just a random fluke problem? Not really. I've seen new pressure temperature valves that can pop open as well. And sometimes you get a little bit of debris that's stuck under them, too, when when you try to close them, and that makes it even worse. Now, where are we at right now with the water heater? You're still there with it, or have you replaced it? What's your where are you at with the project? Listen, what I was looking at didn't look like it was even even worth fixing um, with all the like I said, with all the burn. Well, it may not if it's more than a few years old and you got that much going on with it. I'd probably replace the water heater myself. But what I was going to say, the one thing that you can try, um, and assuming that the that the uh, coils were still okay. You mentioned they were burned out. I mean, burned out is with a coil is kind of hard to do. If they just got wet and shorted, that's a different situation. You can clean up the contacts and, and, and it'll work. But if the coils were okay, otherwise what you could do is you, you uh, open and close the pressure and temperature valve several times. And by the way, there's supposed to be a discharge pipe on that that stops within six inches of the floor. And sometimes the plumbers don't put that on. But if you open and close that a bunch of times to try to sort of clean out that valve, sometimes it'll reseat itself. And this is assuming that it didn't open because there was something electrically wrong with it. But I would do that. There's things that I would check, but there's, that these are things you probably couldn't check. For example, I'd check the amperage on the coils to see if they were drawing normally and things like that that tells me sort of the circuit is working correctly. So I guess what we're coming to here is if you got this much going on with it, you're probably going to have to replace it and you're going to need a plumber for that anyway. Um, but that's probably what happened. It probably started with the pressure temperature valve leaking, that water getting in there and causing a big mess electrically because water and electricity do not mix, as you have learned, my friend. Remember, you can reach us anytime with your question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here at 888-MONEYPIT. Up next, are you having a hard time keeping your yard looking lush, thick, and green? Well, you may be able to stop fighting an uphill battle by replacing grass with another equally green ground cover. We're going to share those options next. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IAPMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. 
And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Money Pit is presented by Quick Creek Fast Setting Concrete Mix in the Red Bag. Make your next outdoor concrete project quick and easy. Quick Creek Fast Setting Concrete Mix. Look for it in the Red Bag. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And 888 Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. You can find out what it costs to do your home project before you hire a pro and instantly book one of Home Advisor's top rated pros for free. Call us right now with your home improvement question at 1-888-666-3974. Susan in Montana is having some drainage issues with the driveway. Tell us what's going on. I had my office driveway resurfaced with asphalt, and I thought that the people did a really excellent job until we got a monsoonal rain, and all the water was collecting, and I had... I had to leave to go down to Colorado, and I got a frantic phone call from my husband telling me that the water was backing up into the house, and it was like a big pool, and I called the asphalt people, and they're not responding to me. Well, listen, if they just resurfaced the driveway, they're not going to do anything to change the pitch. That's true. They did do it, but they deliberately, supposedly, they had the pitch so that it would drain off into the lawn. And they didn't quite get that right. So how do you fix that? Yeah. If the water is draining down the driveway back towards the buildings, in other words, it's never really draining off to the lawn anywhere, then what you have to do is you have to put a uh, a curtain drain in the driveway itself. And in a driveway, basically... It's a job where the driveway is essentially sliced in half. You know, they, they slice out a chunk of driveway that's maybe six inches wide, and you drop this trough into it so that as the water falls down the driveway, it drops into the trough, is a grate on top, and then it runs out the bottom of the trough. And, of course, that requires some additional plumbing, so to speak, because you have to hook it up to drain pipe to take it to the lowest place on the property to get rid of the water. But that's how you drain a driveway that's that's uh, you know not pitched properly. And typically that's put like right near the house or right near the garage lip or something like that so that it catches the water you know at the lowest possible spot. So who would I call for something like that, a plumber? You're going to need a general contractor that can install that for you. I mean, a driveway ceiling company is not going to do it. Um, a general contractor that could do that, you know, it's kind of a handyman project. It's not a difficult project. It's not a really time-consuming project, but you essentially have to cut into that driveway and install a drain. You've got to catch that water and you've got to manage it. And that's the only way to do it, Susan. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Lawns, they are so beautiful when they're a thick, lush green, but keeping them that way is a lot of work. If you're ready to throw in the towel, take heart, because grass is not the only plant that can deliver a lush green look. Here are a few ground covers that are another good option. Now, first off, let's talk about moss. It's good for moist and shady yards that have acidic soil. Now, it doesn't have any roots, so it's not a great choice for families with kids or rambunctious dogs, which could potentially completely wipe it out 
if your yard gets heavy foot traffic, unless maybe you're just putting it in between some stepping stones. Now, it doesn't need fertilizer, so it really rarely needs to be watered as well, especially once it gets established. It is, however, easily smothered, so you got to keep the leaves off of it. And when it comes to planting, pretty easy. You plant it in the spring, preferably after the trees have leafed out. You press chunks of the moss into the surface of moistened soil. You lightly water it for about three weeks, and you're totally good to go. Now, another great option is clover. Now, clover is a perennial, so it comes back every year, and it's tough as nails, and it works in yards that have full sun to part shade. Another cool thing about clover is that it takes nitrogen from the air and it stockpiles it into the root nodules, so it actually fertilizes itself. For maintenance, needs just an occasional mow and its white flowers attract bees, or you can plant micro clover, which produces smaller flowers that aren't as attractive to bees. To plant it, it's actually really easy. You just sow the seeds in the spring and keep moist until they germinate. Now let's talk about sedges, one of my favorite grass-like plants. They come in clumps, and they're perennial, and they can definitely mimic the look of a lawn. You can leave them even unmowed, or you could maintain a more formal look of a lawn, but you only have to mow them a few times a year. When it comes to planting, one of the easiest ground covers to plant, you just plant the plugs in the spring or the fall, or even in the winter if you live in a warm climate, or you can sow seeds in the spring. Just water them till the plants are established. Maybe add a top dressing of compost or mulch between the plugs to help maintain the soil moisture until it all grows in nice and thick. So if you're totally done with the idea of having to keep up with the needs of grass, ground covers do provide a very solid alternative that can have your lawn looking just as green. Richard in Kansas, you've got the money, but how can we help you today? I'm interested. I have an older home I remodeled. It's built in the 30s, and uh, I wanted to put in a whole house water filtration system. And uh, I was going to connect right to the service line going in, and I've been shopping around. I found the small canister types, and then it just jumps up to the big, uh, like, 33-gallon barrel type filtration, which is too much. (laughs) And I just wanted to know what what a good brand is and what I need, reverse osmosis and all that. You know, Richard, 3M makes the Filtrate line, that's F-I-L-T-R-E-T-E, and they have single filters for, like, use under maybe your kitchen sink or bathroom, but they also have a whole house system. It's not terribly expensive. I think it's under 100 bucks, and installation is pretty straightforward, so perhaps you could even do it yourself. And they also have various levels of filtration. So I would take a look at the Filtrate whole house system water filters, and I think that's a good choice to make sure your water is tasting good throughout the entire home. All right. Thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. You can call in your home repair, your home improvement question anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here at 888 Money Pit. Hey, have you ever opened up that electric bill and wondered where all your electricity is going? Well, there's a new product on the market that can help you figure out a lot about how you're using your electricity and how you can use less of it. We're going to tell you all about it next. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. Where home solutions live, welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. I'm Leslie Segretti. What are you working on on this beautiful September weekend? If it's your house, you're in the right place because we have got some tools to give away that can help you with some of those projects. If you call us right now at 888-MONEY-PIT, we will toss your name in the Money Pit hard hat for a set of Jorgensen Easy Hold Expandable Bar Clamps. Very, very handy clamps because you can use them with one hand, which always is nice when I'm working on a project because I tend to run out of hands a lot. Plus, they can (laughs) be joined together to double the capacity. If you've got a bigger project, we're giving away a set of two. They have a total value of 80 bucks and going out to one listener drawn at random. If you want to make that you, pick up the phone and call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Now we've got Esther in South Dakota on the line with a shed that is scorching. Tell us what's going on. It is really hot today. We've had temperatures outside of up to 102, so it, uh, we, we just moved here. So right now it just has the sleds and the bikes and the stuff stashed in it. But I want to put a potting shelf. I want to put my potting shelf out there. Esther, what you're looking for for this roof is something called a reflective roof coating. It's basically paint that's designed for a metal roof that is further designed to reflect the heat that your shed is gaining back out. The problem is that these products are are typically only designed for commercial buildings, so you're going to have to do a little bit of work to find it. It's not like you're going to be able to run down to the hardware store and, and pick this up, but they do exist, and I'm hoping that you can buy it in a gallon container as opposed to five gallons or more because, again, they're typically used on a commercial basis for, for much bigger roofs. Um, one company that makes them is called Celoflex, S-E-A-L-O-F-L-E-X, and they have a reflective uh, coating called Reflecto White that is a very reflective coating for all sorts of roof surfaces. But it's important that you get one that's specifically designed for roofs, otherwise it's not going to stick. Okay? I understand. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, have you ever opened your electric bill and wondered where all that electricity is going? Now, there's a new product to the market that can help you figure out a lot about how you're using your electricity and how you can use less of it. Well, that's right. It's called the Sense Home Energy Monitor, and I actually just installed one in my house, and you can see how it works at GetSense.com, but it's pretty amazing. It works kind of like a fitness tracker for your home, Leslie, so it tells you what's on, what's off, and how much energy it's using so you can save money and make your home a bit more sustainable. Now, the way it installs is directly to your main electric panel, and once it's there, it monitors your home's electric use in real time. It's got an app that lets you see what's on and what's off and how much energy everything is using up and how much it costs daily, weekly, and monthly. You'll even be able to spot energy guzzlers before they show up in the form of a huge electric bill, which can be super helpful. Now, Sense also helps you look after your family by tracking your home's activity and device use. For example, within the Sense app, you can see if you turned off the clothing dryer before leaving the house, and you can set alerts to tell you if you've left the coffee maker on. Now, Sense can also help you avoid problems by identifying unusual activity in your home all in real time and before it becomes an issue because it can look for unusual patterns like a refrigerator that's running constantly because its filter is clogged or a sump pump that's running more than usual because maybe the water heater broke and your basement is flooded and you're on vacation. 
Yeah, it's actually an incredibly helpful and very smart device that can save you money and make your home more efficient and sustainable. So take a look. It's at GetSense.com. There's a cool video there that walks you through. That's GetSense.com. I guarantee you, once you see it, you're going to want one for your house. John in Delaware is dealing with a spider problem. I can't even talk about it for fear they will <laughs> jump into my house. What's going on? I moved to the beach uh, about 10 years ago. I'm not. I'm 12 miles from the water, but I don't know whether that's part of the problem or not. But we have spiders inside the house all the time. They're always in the corners of the rooms. It's rare to come into any room and not have one. And it seems like as quickly as you get rid of them a week later, you have more in the same areas, and it is very annoying. What do you do to get rid of them, John? The only thing I do is I try to kill them and knock down their little web. Good luck with that. That's not working out too well for you, I bet, huh? No, it's not. You're not going to win the war if that's if that's your treatment approach. The thing about uh, insects today is... The best way to control them is, is is through science. And if you look at a company like Orkin, you know, a company that's been around forever, these guys know exactly what insecticide to put down. They know how to put it down in, in the right amounts. And the products that they use today are very insect-specific. It used to be that there was sort of a broad-spectrum pesticide that was put down. Today, the Pesticides are very, very specific for the problem. And if, you know, if I was dealing with this in my house, I wouldn't be running around with my boot trying to kill them all. I would have the pesticide applied, the right amounts, right place, and be done with it. So I would recommend that you call Orkin and have that taken care of the right way. It's safer to do that than to buy over-the-counter pesticides, which you end up over-applying, which are far more dangerous in my view, and certainly a lot less frustrating than having to stomp them to death. Okay, so I I would use a pesticide to control these spiders, and uh, that's the best solution. Okay, and you would not advise trying to do it on your own. You'd advise getting a company that's paying regularly to have them come back? Yeah, you can't buy the products that a professional can buy. They're not available to the general public because they have to be applied just right. That's why it's a good idea to turn to a pro like Orkin. John, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. 888-MONEYPIT is presented by Home Advisor. You can find out what it costs to do your home project before you hire a pro and instantly book one of Home Advisor's top-rated pros for free. Hey, are you tired of waiting for hot water to reach your shower in the morning? We're going to highlight an easy-to-install solution next. The Money Pit is brought to you by Sense. The Sense Smart Home Energy Monitor works like a fitness tracker, telling you what's on in your home and how much it costs, so you can save electricity and money. Learn more at Sense.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, what are you working on? If it's your house, you are in the right place. Give us a call right now because we'd love to give you some tips and advice to help you get those projects done a lot easier. That number is 888-666-3974. Or you can post your question 
the Money Pit's Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Money Pit. That's what Randy did. That's right. Randy writes, my bathroom is some distance from the water heater and it takes a couple of minutes for the water to get hot. I'm considering adding a hot water lobster device, which is supposed to give me an instant hot water. Will it work? So I was not familiar with the device, and I did a little bit of research on it, and it struck me that it's very, very similar to a device I am familiar with that is called the Watts Hot Water Recirculating System. Watts is the brand name, W-A-T-T-S, with one key difference, and that is that the hot water lobster does not have a circulating pump that will move the water through the plumbing lines, and therefore it sort of seems to rely on the buoyancy of warm versus cold water to move that hot water towards your bathroom that's as far that's the farthest basically away from the water heater. The way these things work is there's a crossover pipe and valve that goes on the water on usually the sink uh, that's the farthest plumbing fixture away uh, from the water heater, and it essentially spills a little bit of hot water back into the cold side. It essentially will help mix that hot water in quicker. And with the watch unit, it works on that circulating pump, which you can set a timer for. So I just feel like that's probably a more reliable way to go because this way it will work exactly when you want it to work. And it's not going to run 24-7 and waste a lot of energy. You could set it for those couple of hours in the morning when you're waking up and just tired of stepping into that really freezing cold shower. So I'm not familiar with the device you were asking about, but I am familiar with Watts. It's pretty inexpensive. It's under a couple hundred bucks. And if you're uh, pretty handy uh, with some basic DIY skills, you could probably even install it yourself. So hope that helps you out, Randy. All right, next up, we have a post from Jenna in Virginia who writes, I'm about to get my husband a large flat screen TV. My question is whether any wall can hold that wall mount. Do I need any special equipment to make sure it's not going to fall? What a great wife, huh? She she wants to get him a large flat screen TV. She might never see him again. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, Jenna, the key with these flat screens is that there's a bracket uh, that usually is sold separately from the flat screen. It has to be properly installed. And they're all similar, uh, but some, except in the way that they tilt or move that flat screen. Some will tilt in one direction, some will tilt in two directions, and so on. But when you get that bracket, you've got to follow the instructions about installing it, and it usually comes with all the hardware you need. And very important, though, is that the bracket has to be installed into the wall studs. So that's going to require a little carpenter seal to identify, but those brackets are certainly wide enough to capture two of the vertical studs with two fasteners each, and that should be plenty of power, plenty of holding power for that large screen TV. Uh, Interestingly, those large screen TVs are not as heavy as you might think, and those brackets do provide enough security for you to go ahead and uh, attach to the wall. But again, it's got to be attached to the stud. So I'm uh, pretty sure it can get done. In your house, sight unseen, as long as it's a regular standard wood frame wall. Um, but it's got to be done right. Otherwise, uh, that's not going to end up well. And make sure you pick the right bracket. It's got to be sized for the TV itself. And it's got so many different functionalities. Make sure it does the things that you want it to do. Do you want the arm to extend so you can tilt it and look in another room? Do you only want top or bottom, top-down swizzle? There's a whole bunch of different things. So look into it before you purchase one and put it up. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Hey, thank you so much for spending this part of your day with us. If you've got questions, you can send them in 24-7 to 888-MONEYPIT by calling us or post them to the Money Pit's Facebook page at facebook.com slash themoneypit. Until then, I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.